This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly. Welcome to another episode of Green Talk Radio. It's good to be back. I was on a short vacation and we're uh, very happy to be back. We have a very exciting episode today on a very important topic, which is clean, safe drinking water for the planet. I'm just going to go over a few facts here that most people don't realize about drinking water. Most of us really take it for granted. Uh, you know, I don't know if most of you know this, but 1.1 billion people lack access to improved uh, to an improved water supply. Uh, that's approximately one in six people on Earth. 2.6 billion people in the world lack access to improved sanitation. Less than 1% of the world's fresh water, uh, which is about uh, 0.007% of all water on Earth, is readily accessible for direct human use. Uh, and, you know, a person can only live weeks without, well, a person can live weeks without food, but only days without water. Uh, and a, a one person needs four to five gallons of water per day to survive. So we have this crisis, which we're not feeling it in all parts of the world, certainly not in most parts of the United States, but, but it is a major issue. And so my guest today on the program to discuss this with me is a, a, from an organization whose mission is really to deal with this in a very unique way. Um, her name is Sabrina Wallasek. The organization is the Blue Planet Run Foundation at blueplanetrun.org. Sabrina is the program director for Blue Planet Run. Uh, she's a former science teacher and educational content developer. Uh, Sabrina, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Sean. Well, it's good to have you. So why don't we just jump right in? Just tell me exactly what is the Blue Planet Run Foundation? Sure. Well, the Blue Planet Run Foundation is a nonprofit. And as you mentioned, we're working to spread awareness and raise funds to bring safe drinking water to the 1 billion plus people who don't have it today. And so tell me exactly how you guys are doing that. Well, we go about it in uh, a variety of ways. Um, we have a lot of support from runners and athletes, but we also have supporters who, who don't run. Um, primarily, we started last year in 2007, we did an event that was the relay around the world, the first one ever. Uh, we had 21 elite runners who ran for 95 consecutive days. They covered 15,200 miles. Their mission was to help inform the world about the water crisis and also to motivate people to do something about it. So we have some very strong advocates in that arena. And we found that, you know, from a grassroots perspective, people are really coming out of the woodwork and everybody wants to help in any way that they can. And so, um, it's, it's been a very exciting time, as you mentioned. You know, a lot of Americans can still turn on their tap and they don't really see the crisis, but I think it's actually becoming more and more apparent as we're facing some of our own issues. And, um, you know, we have uh, faith-based organizations, schools, community groups, individuals. Everybody is 
realizing that they can give a small amount and make a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that really that clean, safe drinking water is going to be the canary in the coal mine uh, for, you know, global problems before other things, you know, the, the results of global warming from uh, carbon emissions and things like this. A lot of people say, well, the, the real crisis is, is happening more immediately uh, with regards to, to water and the availability thereof. Um, I know that people like the guy that uh, invented the Segway is now on, you know, this issue as seeing it as more important than, you know, personal transportation, that this is really, uh, and I'm not thinking of his name at the moment, but I know that just in general that a lot of people who are sort of in the know are saying this is where we need to be putting our sort of global uh, efforts right now, or at least a, yeah. a large part of them. Um, you mentioned the running, and, and I, I'm, so I'm just wondering, so is it sort of the model is that um, people are sponsoring these runners uh, that, are, that are running around the world? So it's basically a sort of a, a sponsorship type thing? Well, it was a, it was a one-time event in 2007, uh, but we are planning to hopefully have another run that goes through the 50 states next year. And in addition to that, uh, we have some grassroots programs. I mean, people really are very creative about how they can support our efforts and the water projects around the world. So it's not just running. Uh, it can be, you know, we've had people put on bake sales and sort of the, the whole gamut. We also um, have a book that we sell. Uh, it just recently won an award, and we can talk about that a little later. But, uh, you know, it's really a matter of finding what makes sense to you uh, as an individual and how would you want to support our efforts? Okay. But it seems like, I mean, from the name, obviously, Blue Planet Run, and from what I see on the website, it sounds like that the, the, at least the, the genesis of the organization was this idea of doing the sponsored run. You mentioned that there were... Absolutely. The, yeah. So you mentioned that there were 21 uh, elite runners that did the original run. So are these like professional runners or are these everyday Joes that are sort of just, you know, more in the marathoner category? Yeah, they were just regular people. Um, there was a series of uh, qualifications that they needed. You know, they needed to leave their lives for 95 days. So, wow, <laughs> um, they're, they're just regular people. They're amazing. Um, you know, obviously, many of them have trained to run long distances, but um, you know, they they weren't celebrities, but they are now for us. Yeah. Yeah. So now in, in moving forward with future events, uh, are you planning on continuing with a sort of the smaller number of runners or um, do, do you have current plans for future races that maybe involve more people or the same people? What's the, what's the situation there? Yeah. Well, we're really hoping that we can do, as I mentioned, the, the 50 state run throughout the U.S. Um, but in addition to that, after this run, I think we've really tapped into something where, you know, we have people who just put on races on their own. We've had students. Um, some of our runners have had contact with, you know, family members and friends and, and other groups have just sort of developed their own races and, you know, have spread the word for us. So it's actually kind of catching on at a grassroots level. But we, we definitely plan to continue to uh, host runs, and so it'll be exciting to see where it all pans out. And I see on your website, on the blueplanetrun.org website, you've also got a, a, row, a row for water event that's happening as well. Yeah, that was one of those that just, uh, this is a young woman by the name of Katie Spots. Uh, she 
goes to college in North Carolina, and I had the opportunity to meet her at one of our trail runs um, this spring. And this is her own personal challenge. She wants to row across the Atlantic, and she wants to give half of the money that she raises to our foundation to help build water projects. Mm, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, so I'm just curious, Sabrina, why, uh, why is water, why, why did you choose water as the focus of your efforts uh, you know, in the organization over other causes? Yeah, well, like, as you mentioned, you know, it's the number one human need. And unfortunately, people are really suffer- suffering unnecessarily. Um, it doesn't require the long-term research that cancer or AIDS or, you know, HIV um, does. So I think that, you know, the founder really came to this realization that the solutions are here. We could eradicate this problem you know, without a, a great deal of research or um, money, it's it really tends to be the basics. It's people who just don't have a well or, you know, you could put up a rain harvesting system for them and obviously you need education, but, um, it, you know, it is not rocket science by any means. So well, I'll, I'll, we're really I'll, looking at the simple solutions. Right, right. Well, I guess there's probably multiple different you know, categories of solutions because certainly, and I was thinking earlier, I was thinking of the Segway inventor, uh, Dean Kamen, I recalled his name. Um, you know, Dean Kamen is treating it more like rocket science where he's trying to go for the, the fancy solution to be able to, sure. you know, a technological solution, which is great. I mean, we, we certainly, we like to see this being addressed at all levels. Um, but, uh, and I think certainly those collective efforts are, are what's needed to create a global solution. Absolutely. I mean, creativity and innovation is very critical in, you know, in any effort where you're dealing with worldwide situation, um, I think my point is just that it's not only rocket science. You know, it is at our fingertips, and we can help people today right now without going into heavy-duty research. But um, in our book, we actually highlight some of the water heroes and include the innovation and technology that is going on, not only in ways of transporting water, filtering water, but capturing water. So we're very excited about all of those possibilities too. Um, I think that on an individual level, you know, people sometimes want to see an immediate reaction. And so what I think that what gives us the most hope is that, you know, for $30, you can provide a lifetime of safe drinking water for people. And so $30 is very accessible for somebody. Yeah, yeah, well, certainly. Well, I want to hear more about that, and I want to hear about the book. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back. And we are talking on the topic of solving the world's safe drinking water crisis with Sabrina Wallasek of the Blue Planet Run Foundation. You can find them online at blueplanetrun.org. This is Sean Daly on Green Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Hey everyone, we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. We're talking on the world's safe drinking water crisis, and we're talking with Sabrina Wallasek of the Blue Planet Run Foundation, and they're an organization whose focus is to help solve this problem, uh, and they are intending to provide safe drinking water to 200 million people uh, by 2027. Sabrina, 
before the break, we were talking about sort of the basics of the organization and some of your past events and, and also your, your, your focus. And I just wanted to clarify, so is your focus really international? Well, you know, it is mostly primarily international, but we're actually now accepting and looking for opportunities in the U.S. Um, I, I think we realize that, you know, there are many issues here domestically with water scarcity and quality issues. So we really want to support efforts domestically as well. Um, for instance, I live in California, and I recall hearing a, a couple months back about how the Central Valley of California has whole communities that can't even they can't even cook with their water. They cannot access any safe tap water, and that really means that they're all um, relegated to purchasing water. So you know you don't think that that actually happens in the United States, but it does. So, and I also think that people are realizing there are really easy ways to use gray water, to um, access, you know, uh, rainwater for gardens and, and that type of thing. So, I'm fascinated by that. That actually, that's interesting. I did not know that that there were communities like that in the United States. Um, I'm just curious on that. I don't know how much you know about about the specifics on that, but I'm wondering, I mean, it seems like there's almost some sort of implied obligation for the community, the municipality to provide, you know, at at least a level of water that isn't harmful to the population. What's, what is the the legislation around that? Or is there any, what what is the sort of the, uh, the logistical obligations of the community of the municipality to provide that to its citizens? Yeah, I'm sure that they're doing, you know, as much as they can, and I, that's definitely not my my area of expertise, but I know that with the Central Valley, you know, that's a huge agricultural area, mm-hmm. and um, so there's there's two implications. You know, one, that the, the locals who are providing basically the breadbasket of the United States are themselves, you know, facing health hazards, um, and, you know, I I think that there probably is a lot of effort going on to try to clean up the situation. I believe it's around, you know, nitrates or something in the wa- in the soil that's contaminating the water tables. I see. As I said, I'm, I'm not completely um, informed on the whole issue, but, um, you know, that is one of the issues that we are facing as a whole in the United States is that we have some very... Um, we have some infrastructure that's been around for a while. You know, we're kind of hitting that tipping point where we're we're at an age where things are starting to break down underground. And when it comes to taxes and things like that, do people, you know, want to invest in whole new systems? It's it's a big effort. So, you know, do we deal with it now or do we find new solutions to our system? So there's a lot of questions out there for us to handle domestically. And, of course, there's a lot of, um, you know, the farming, the food and water um, relationship is a big one as well. I, it's a real wake-up call. I mean, I think most people probably don't realize that these problems can happen in the United States. I mean, I think that, I mean, even myself, I, I was surprised to hear that. And I think that most of us really feel like this is this is a problem that is happening elsewhere and not here on uh, on our soil, and so it, it's good to know. And I think that that probably will uh, be uh, probably at least as impressive to a lot of other people as it was to me when you said that. So um, let, let's just switch gears for a minute. I wanted to to talk about um, the funding on the water projects that you've got. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your model there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is where our foundation is most unique. Uh, we've developed an innovative model called the Peer Water Exchange. 
And this is an online model that enables water groups and you know, non-governmental organizations and collectives around the world to collaborate and work efficiently. And, you know, a lot of nonprofits are scrambling to get money for their cause. And the great thing about this, this model is that we're actually providing transparency where there's often competition. So the way it works is uh, we, we pull in the funds from various places, as we've already mentioned, and we have funding cycles. Once the funding cycle comes, uh, any of our members who want to um, submit a proposal are able to do so. And rather than it be sort of an administrator in an office who reads the proposals and makes the decisions, we've put it in the hands of the experts who are in the field, who know what works and what doesn't, who understands the community. And so these members actually read each other's uh, reports. This allows them to ask questions directly to one another. They can um, report back on status of what's going on with the projects. And so it really allows them to learn the lessons that are needed to make these projects successful. Uh, it also ensures that more of the money goes directly to the projects. Uh, I think also um, another really interesting point is that we, we have almost, right now I think we have about 24 members. We just went through and, and signed up some new, new members. And, um, you know, we have members that are extremely large, way larger than we are. And then we have some members that are like small collectives for a particular region. And what's really great about this is that they're all on the same playing field. They're able to talk to one another, learn from one another, and, you know, they're ensured that they will get the funding they need. That's great. Um, I'm also curious about, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned the book earlier. I know that you have this uh, coffee table book that's done pretty well and, and has garnered some awards. Can you tell us about the book? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it's, it's stunning. Um, it's an, a photo essay. It was done by two renowned photographers, Rick Smullen and Jennifer Erwitt. And um, if you're familiar, Rick Smullen is most known for his Day in the Life of series. And um, it it's really two books in one. Mainly, it talks about the global water story and, you know, provides some of the really harsh realities that we are facing in, in many, many areas around the world, you know, with these really striking photos. But as I mentioned earlier, it also uh, highlights and features some of the water heroes, the real people on the ground who are doing things to make their community better and to make the world better. And then there's also a section around technology, innovation, um, some of the really wonderful even marketing campaigns and projects that have gone on around uh, the tap water project and, you know, charity water and various other uh, efforts. And then as a second part of the book, the, the back part of the book really documents our relay around the world. So you get to see all of these runners and hear their stories, see where they ran, and, you know, get more information around the impact that that had. Um, so what I find interesting about sort of the Day of the Life of series and this book is Rick's ability to uh, really galvanize a group of, of key talented photographers and photojournalists. Uh, so with this book for one month, 40 photojournalists crossed the globe taking these pictures. And at the same time, um, there was a team of researchers who would contact 
various photographers on every continent to identify some of the existing bodies that we could, you know, share information. And it was about a month ago, we just out of the blue received this call that said the Independent Publisher Book Award has been given to you as uh, the outstanding book of the year, the book most likely to save the planet. So that was That's amazing. Great. I mean, we really got excited about that because so much work and so much effort went into this beautiful, beautiful book. Um, in fact, the thing that I really love about the book is that, you know, it's it's not it's not written in a text form, a textbook format. It's it's very easy to understand. It's emotive. And a lot of statistics are presented in a very clear, digestible format. And so we're finding now that educators and professors are contacting us, and they want to use it as part of their curriculum. Um, we offer a free PDF that you can download. So it's great for people who want to project it up onto a wall and discuss you know, certain aspects of the book. Because, you know, as well as selling the book, our goal is to share the information. Right. So and I'm curious about, do you, have a, do you have a link you want to provide for people that are interested in that PDF you mentioned? Sure. Um, you can get it from our website, and it'll be in the media section. So I can definitely post that for you. Okay. So the blueplanetrun.org website. Right. Okay. Great. And I'm just curious, you. do you have any statistics on sort of how the, the successes that you guys have had so far um, with the, the past events and fundraising? Um, do you have anything you can share with our audience in terms of, you know, um, the things you've accomplished uh, and, or even and in addition to, you know, maybe future goals uh, that you have set? Ah, let's see. Well, you know, the event itself, the 2007 Relay Around the World, was considered uh, a huge success in terms of media. Um, we received something like 600 million impressions. So I think that for such a small organization and it had just started, that was pretty amazing. Um, the the funding is, um, you know, I'm not totally clear on the, the dollar amounts that came directly from the event because we get, you know, money coming from different sources. And, you know, I think that 200 million people um, being saved by 2027 is a is a very lofty goal, and, and we're working as hard as we can yeah, and <laughs> to do, achieve that goal. So it is. You know, it, do you feel like you're on track uh, as of right now towards that goal? You know, it's hard to say. I would say that we probably. Uh, could use more support for sure. Well, we, and we want to make, we want to help make that call out to our audience. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the program today is to really, to reach out to our audience and encourage them to go online and uh, sponsor an event or purchase the book. Um, these are the kinds of things that you can do uh, among other things to, to help this cause. So we want to certainly encourage our audience to take a, at least take a look at the website and check out what Blue Planet Run is doing. Great. Yeah. And our book is also sold in Barnes and Noble. And there's often, uh, I've seen in many boutique bookstores as well, just your local bookstore. So, you know, you can always ask and maybe they'll, if they don't have it, maybe they'll get it. <laughs> okay. And then what about online resellers like amazon.com? Is it being sold there? Yes, it is on amazon.com as well. And you mentioned as on your website as well. Yes. Great. Sabrina, do you have any other final words uh, today for our audience? Uh, yes. Well, I just want to remind everybody as I mentioned before, that $30 provides a lifetime of safe drinking water to one person. So, you know, just think about what you spend $30 on in a given day. 
and know that you can make a huge difference right now. And if if you can't provide any money, then you know that's okay too. We're just looking for ways to share information, spread information. Um, we've got some really great videos on YouTube, which are also on our website. So we're just looking for people to get involved. And again, our website is uh, blueplanetrun.org. So visit us, learn more. And uh, as a last final phrase, we like to always say, water is life, pass it on. Great. Well, we certainly appreciate having you on the show today. And uh, I just want to remind everyone again that Blue Planet Run Foundation, they have a vision of a world where everyone has access to safe drinking water and healthy human beings have a chance to live up to their potential. Its goal, again, is to provide safe and clean drinking water to 200 million people by 2027. My guest today, again, has been Sabrina Wallasek. She's the program director for Blue Planet Run Foundation. You can find them online at blueplanetrun.org. For those of you who have been interested in today's podcast, I want to just give you a cross-reference to some of the other content on the greenlivingideas.com site. You can find we have a water conservation section that covers all topics related to water conservation, and we have a drinking water section that will be published on the site shortly, hopefully by the time this podcast is live. Uh, and in, also you'll find content in the Eco Home Living section, including an interview with Primo Water, who is looking to provide eco-friendly bottled drinking water. This is Sean Daly for Green Talk Radio. Thanks again, for everybody, for tuning in. And one last tip is if you haven't done so already and you're a Twitter user or into any of the social networking sites, we encourage you to please go to the greenlivingideas.com site. Look in the upper right corner and you'll see all kinds of icons to follow us on the various social networks such as Twitter, Pounce, Plurk, FriendFeed, you name it. We're on all of them, Facebook. <laughs> so please uh, take a look at what we're doing on there. Uh, we'll update you on things that are happening on the site and uh, continue to provide you great green living information. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.